So on behalf of Nick Peed, welcome to the November Nick Peed APE Collaborative. Our speaker of the hour will be Louise Columna, and he is from University of Wisconsin-Madison. He's going to give a, about a 15-minute presentation on fit families. We'll follow that up by an opportunity to do a question and answer. Again, a big thank you to the Nick Peed Membership Subcommittee. Dr. Amanda Young from Long Beach State, Dr. Scott McNamara, University of New Hampshire, Heidi Ambrosius from Moreno Valley Unified School District. I'm um, Dr. Melissa Bittner from Long Beach State and Emily Gilbert from SUNY Cortland. It is my pleasure to introduce Dr. Luis Columna, Associate Professor from University of Wisconsin-Madison. Uh, he teaches in their kinesiology department he is very proud to be one of the few Latinx physical education faculty at a Carnegie classified R1 university. Dr. Kalumna's research focuses on ways to increase participation of families, especially uh, Latinx children with disabilities and into physical activity. To address the physical activity needs, Dr. Kalumna has developed the Fit Families Program, which we are very excited to learn more about today. Dr. Kalumna is a sought after speaker and has given over a hundred workshops and presentations at the international, national and state levels. So we're very lucky to grab some of his time today. He's authored uh, several, at least two textbooks and numerous peer reviewed articles for journals and served on various um, different journal committees such as Disability and Health Journal, Palestra and Quest. So, uh, at this time, I will allow Dr. Louise Kalumna to go ahead and, uh, did you want to share screen? All right, and you can go ahead and begin. Thank you so much for, for um, speaking with us today. Okay, thank you very much for that, Melissa. Um, and I know that I have 15 minutes, so if I talk too fast, listen to the recording afterwards, okay? So <laughs> I want to take time to do this. I'm, I'm excited to see many familiar faces and, and I wish we were doing this in person and we have more time. So I'm gonna share with you the work that we have been doing for, I would say seven or eight years now. Um, and is some of you listened to some of this talk at the consortium many years ago, but this is a completely different program from what you saw. So I just wanna start saying like, all the information I'm gonna be presenting is based on our experiences. And we need to understand that Every family is unique. Not all of them have the same needs and they don't have the same expectation. We have different in terms of culture, language, um, social economical status. So all of that, it will dictate what we want to do. So as you know, we all know that there are a lot of barriers to physical activity. There are a lot of talk about barriers, but there's few solutions to those barriers. So one of the things that we've been trying to explore, explore is how can we address the family construct? We cannot give them money to address the financial barriers. We cannot um, ad address all of the programmatic barriers or, or lack of programs. But what we can do is one, one of the things that we have found is, and using the three-year plan behavior as an example is, one of the 
the main barrier that the family uh, faces, what we call the perceived behavioral control. Parents believe that physical activity is important to them. They think is doing physical activity is important, but they don't know how to do it. And, and this become, um, according to the theory of plan behavior, in order to promote intentions, you need to eliminate barriers. And that's one of the things that we are trying to do. So our work is framed in two main theory, dynamic system theory that tell us that we move from, um, because of the interaction of the individual, the task and the environment. The individual in this case, even though that we have done this work with kids with visual impairment, right now we are, our main focus is kids with autism. So we need to understand all the functional and structural constraints. But then in our program, we teach the parents how to modify the task, the games and activities or the environment. That's what we focus on. Then the other theory, that I'm glad that Terry Rizzo is here, um, it's a theory of plan behavior. In this case, our behavior is, is physical activity. We wanna promote physical activity. But in order for you, us to do that, they need to have the intentions. Intentions at the same time are governed by their attitude, subjective norm, and the perceived behavioral control. What we have found is that after participating in our program, the subjective norm don't, don't play a factor in, in, the, in the family's intentions because they don't care about what other people think. Prior to the program, they don't, do, they don't enroll the kids in programs because they are afraid of what other people think or gonna say. The attitudes, they believe that it's important. They, they have increased their attitudes, but the most important one is the perceived behavioral control. This is the one that we provide them all of the strategies and equipment. So I'm gonna to talk to you about the last program that we did at Syracuse. Then I'm gonna to talk to you about the program that we did prior to COVID and what we are doing right now post COVID. And some of you are here that I have talked to you in different occasions. So in my, in my last program at Syracuse, we did a randomized intervention where we have 20 families, 10 families participated in person and 10 families participated at home. So basically what we did was we did five workshops, sensory integration, communication, physical activity, aquatics, and sport. Sensory integration and communication, because that's the hallmark of the disability. Physical activity and sports, because they lack those opportunities. And aquatics, because drowning is the number one cause of death among kids with, with autism, even though that is one of the most favorite activities for them. So in addition to the program, we gave all the participants, we gave them equipment. Um, Monica Lepore and I wrote a book on aquatic. We gave them the book, the sensory ball, the stump rocket, the best toy you want to teach somebody to jump. The spooner board, the kid is not included, but the spooner board is one of the favorite activities for, for the kids and a lot of aquatic activities. Each family gets between $350 to $400 worth of equipment for their participation. And what we do is we, we give equipment pertinent to each workshop. That way, because if I give it all at once, I don't see them again. So I want to I make sure that I, they come back. So in addition to that, we started sending text messages, um, like two or three text messages per week as a motivational tool. We have some text messages for the in-person group. We have text messages for the home group. And the home group, all that they, the in-person group, like I said, they got the activities, they got the lecture from the speakers and all of that. But then all of the, all of the participants, either in the in-person and the workshop group, they got these booklets. The book, we organized them based on the TGMD locomotor skills. So, so there are 30 locomotor skills and we divided into, into four workshops. 
Let me be honest with you. The first time when we did the Fit Families program, we organized the workshop based on, on the equipment that we were giving away without thinking about the progression of the skills. Now, um, in collaboration with Christy Roth and Griffin and, and, and Heather Katz, um, one of our students here in our program, we look at, at model development literature and then now all of the activities are in a progression from simple to complex. And, and which is, we hope that it's gonna be more productive for us. So anyway, the home group, all that they got was the equipment and the books and we send them home. We didn't provide any type of lecture, anything like that. They, they did receive the communication workshop, the, the text messages, but we didn't provide anything, okay? So, so this is an example. Each of the skills, what we did was, we cannot assume that the parents know what to do or how to do a skill. So what we did is I had my students to take each of the skills and demonstrate how to do the skills. And then we did a slow motion type of thing, like they can see the, the skill in actual speed and slower motion. So all that they needed to do is get their phone, get the QR code and they, they see in there. So this was basically is a demonstration of how to do a kick, okay? This is an example of the lesson plan that we, this is one game that is included in one of the booklets. So this skill is dribbling and we tell them what the parent will do and what the kid will do. The very first thing that we did, did the QR code were not in there. I, was, I always, before I do anything, I talk to parents of the kid and I gave the lesson plan to one kid, one parent and she said, listen, this is fantastic. But by the time that I read all of this to my child, I lost him. So, so that's why we decided to record all of the games. So I'm not gonna play it now because of time, but if you get your phone, you can see how this game is played. One cool thing that we did was that we added modifications, how to make the activities easier or more difficult within the videos and within the, the text, right? So this is an example of the first activity that they got. The second workshop, we see some communication. And after the second workshop and on, on, what we did was then we brought in communication tips. For each of the games, we added communication tips how to promote communication for that particular game. So we have over 200 games, I would say, um, that we have implemented and put it into these booklets. And the parents get not only the equipment, they get the, the activities uh, with it. So I forgot to share the, the, the audio, but this is an example of, of what the parents send us via text messages. So this kid had moderated autism. So she asked him to spin. So he sit down on the, his bottom, but then now, She's gonna ask him to be on his uh, on prompt position and he's gonna do it, which is not typical for a kid to follow instruction like this. So watch him, now he's gonna go on, on, on his belly and he's gonna continue spin. We are working on vestibular, we are working on core um, and, and the kids are loving the, the, the equipment, right? So in this kid's case, the kid is engaging something else and the mom wants him to kick the, the ball. In my opinion, this is a perfect kick. The only thing missing in there is the running approach using the TGMD um, criteria. So, so then we finished the problem in Syracuse. An opportunity came for me to come to Madison. And I said, okay, let's do this. Let's create fit families. Let's do everything that we know and let's, let's make it happen. So when we came to Syracuse, then we did a randomized control trial in which we had a waitlisted control group. The waitlisted control group came for pre and post test. And at the end, we gave them all of the equipment that we did. 
right? So we recruited 45 families and we split it into the in-person, the home group and the, and the control group, right? We were running the first two workshops were in person, phenomenal, sensory integration and communication. Boom, COVID hit. Then I talked to Monica Leport, she was doing the aquatic workshop and we said, Monica, what are we gonna do? Long story short, we transfer the aquatic workshop to online because we already have all of the games recorded and all of that. And the parents told us that that was one of the best workshops that they have created, uh, attended. So then we did the last workshop online as well and Griffin did the physical activity workshop. It was really good. It came up, the data collection, what are we gonna do? One of my students, Laura, asked me, to see what we're gonna do? We're gonna shut down the story. And I said, heck no, I spent most of my startup package in here. We need to do something. So, so then during the COVID, what parents, we interviewed them at the end. I'm gonna tell you what we did because I had a conversation with Del Ulrich about this. And, and during COVID, the parents, we interviewed them and they said that the program became the PE curriculum, not only for the child, but for the entire family that they didn't know what they would do without our program. So again, they got the equipment, the entire family play and all of that. But then a couple of parents said to us, listen, the books are fantastic, but going outside with the book, the phone, the equipment and with the child is too cumbersome, it's too much. So they proposed for us to develop an app. So then what we did was we developed the Fit Families app. And then we are testing it this semester. And it is unbelievable. It's really good. And, and I'm going to show you a picture in, in, a second, in a second because of time. So then this is what we did. COVID taught us a lot. So you remember I told you that the home group, we used to give them only the, the equipment and the books, right? So now they get the equipment, they get the app, but also they can stream to our live workshop via Zoom. We have families that are driving three and four hours away to come to our program. And, and there are other families that are attending via Zoom. So again, we have the same design. The, the, that's the, main, the main difference is that the home group is streaming in person and the, and the use of the app. And again, we, this Saturday, we have our last workshop. Um, we're still doing the text messaging. Um, we are doing... Um, interviews in between and, and, and all of that stuff. So you, you remember I told you that during COVID, we decided, okay, what are we gonna do now? What, what can we do in terms of, of data collection? So I talked to the Lord and I asked him permission to use some of the videos that he had for the TGMD online. So basically what we did is we taught the parents how to help us to, call, to do the TGMD. So basically what we did is we did the TGMD via Zoom and via Box. We create professionally created, I hire a, a company and they help us create three videos. One video is me giving the instruction and giving them demonstration, how to record the child. The other two videos was to teach them how to, with the demonstration of the, of the locomotor and the ball skills. So basically what we did is we took the, the video that they'll have on, on the website, we caught them and we just put them in there. This is the equipment that you're gonna need um, this is the distance that you need. So we mail them all of the equipment that they needed. So that paper is on the review right now. So we are excited ab about it. But then the next step for us is to validate that, that process because if this work, um, which we have seen that is working, 
what is going to help us is to increase sample size. That way I can have families anywhere where they are and they can participate in our program. And I know that I'm running out of time, Melissa. I saw your face. Um, and But then I'm going to be honest with you, this work, if the, for kids with severe autism, the app will not work, to be honest with you. Um, nor, nor my program would not work for kids have severe autism. You need to have some certain level of, of functionality. But then this is an example of the app that we are, are, are doing now. Cool thing is that we also can collect data. We have an activity log in there. The parents on a weekly basis, they send us um, information. So here is an example of all of the games that we have, and we have it divided by, by task. Now, I wish I could tell you that I'm doing this on my own, but I can't. An intervention like this, there's no way that you can do it on, on your own. We, we have, um, I have to say thank you to, to Syracuse community, particularly the Jim and Julie Beham Foundation. They help support our research while at Syracuse. I'm still while I'm here. The people here at UW, but then particularly the, the speakers and the research team, Anne Griffin, Dr. Christy Roth, Dr. Susanna Rocco, um, Tim Davis, John Foley from Cortland, Anita Lineberg from Syracuse, Monica Leport, and my amazing students. I have an amazing group of students that they are doing like a million jobs to run free families. And with that, Melissa, I think I have my 15 minutes covered. All right. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, much, much appreciated. That was great. At this time, you can go ahead and get out of um, share screen and we can open up for questions from the audience. I'm going to answer only easy questions, okay? I have a question, Louisa. How, um, so you guys are specifically with working with students with autism. Have you thought about branching out, going to other disabilities or what does that look like? Yeah, good question. I, I, one of the things that I'm learning, Amanda, working at a division one institution is that you need to be focused. I cannot be doing a million things. I need to be focused. But yet, like for example, right now, we are gonna bring the program back to Syracuse and we're gonna work with a variety of kids with developmental disabilities. Um, just to, so I can be able to do that. But in Madison, I need to be focused. And that's one of the main things that they have told me about it, so. That's a great point, thank you. Luis, uh, Barry here. Hi, I really liked your presentation, some you, creative stuff. Um, you know, you start out talking about barriers um, to parent involvement. And I think what's, what's interesting is there's a lot of uh, adaptive PE, uh, professionals around the country who have on-campus programs or on off-campus where they involve uh, parents. But um, can you talk about your experiences? Because it seems to me a lot of the parents that get involved you have to be pretty pretty motivated to drive your kid two hours to you know Madison or to uh, spend two hours working on these activities or or whatever. And can you talk about what you've experienced with that? Because I think that's that's a huge issue. I, I would venture to guess that in a lot of our programs around the country, at least I know we're guilty of this as much as anyone at Long Beach State. We have some the the parents that get involved, most of them are pretty highly motivated. So very good, very good point, Barry. So just so you know, one of the things that we're doing, I'm working with Melissa and Scott to try to bring the program to different countries. And particularly, I'm very interested to translate all of this into Spanish, right? To, 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 for Latinx family. In this case, you need, in this case, me, I need to be a business person, Barry. Right now, I can go to Alaska and I can send an air conditioner to a person in Alaska because I believe on what I'm doing. 
So you need to sell the idea to the family. A mistake yeah. or an error that we have done all over the years, Barry, I've been saying this for many years. We have prepared our students and they are doing a great job how to work with the kids. We are not doing such a good job teaching them how to work with the families. And sure. the family, this is what they want. They are craving these ideas. They want the teachers to communicate with them. Tell me what to do, you know, and, and, and how can I support you? But at the same time, one of the things that I'm noticing is I'm trying to eliminate stress, but I'm giving them more stress by doing all of these games. But I, what I'm telling them is that's a, the home that you have to go over. At the beginning, it's going to be stressful, like when you're learning new skills, or eventually you will be able to do to do so. Like, for example, when when they were doing the, the, the validation story for the online data collection, they're helping us do the TGMD tree online. For some of them, this was an eye-opening experience because they didn't know what the kids could do. By being involved in that process, oh no, I want my kid to improve. I want my child to be part of this. Sure. And, and last, lastly, I'm gonna close with it. Last week, I felt like a Puerto Rican Santa. I was driving up north <laughs> with all the toys for the families. They cannot come to me, I'll go to them. Yeah, I think you bring up another really good point, Luis, is that um, I think all these parent involvement programs that we, ha we have for our university students, it's a real eye opener because uh, I, I know for myself, I, I didn't get that training as an undergraduate and I didn't get training with working with parents till I was in a PhD program. And it's a real eye opener. It's really important. And so I, I you see, saw the power in that, how important it is for our university students to to work with parents before they go out there in the public mm -hmm. schools. That's a really critical and a real benefit of, of these types of programs. Sure. Christiana, thank you for your patience. Oh, yes, no, um, thank you. I, um, I'm just blown away by this program. I think it's wonderful. Um, and I see that it has so many um, uses for families and for students um, with autism. That's my area of interest. Um, Specifically, my area of interest is students with very, very high severe needs autism. And um, I wanted to know, you said, you know, you can't be all things to all people. I totally understand that. Um, do you see that, um, that this has any um, efficacy for students with severe autism? Um, is that a gap that could be filled by, uh, by more research? Um, and P.S. I'm a doc student, so that's yeah, no, where I'm that, thinking that, 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 that's yeah. a really good point. And to be honest, break my heart. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, let me see how can I say this. I work with a lot of personnel, and one of them is Dr. Christy Ross. She's an expert working with kids with severe and profound disabilities, right? The measurement that I use, I, I measure physical activity, and I also measure fundamental motor skills, particularly using the TGMD. If we want to see an improvement from pre to post, kids with severe uh, disability may not do well on the TGMD until we find a measurement that can do that. And again, this room, I'm still learning how to provide services to mild and level autism, even more like, I have to redo the activities and all, even though that I have done also with visual impairment, I had to redo all of the games and activities. So I'm just focusing on this, hopefully we'll inspire another doctoral student to take care of severe and I'll guide you to, the, to how to do it. But I cannot do, like even age range, I had to focus on a particular age range mm -hmm. because run riders don't like it. Yes, run. I totally understand that. And um, I, working with the um, test of gross motor development with my students, 
was very challenging. And you're absolutely right. It's, they're not, it, it's not something that really works for them. So thank you. My pleasure. Any further questions? You have any answers then? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you much. If we could give our best emoji or applause to uh, Dr. Kalumno, that was fantastic. Thank, thank you, you for all that you do uh, with Fit Families and Parent Intervention. So much, much appreciated. So thank you all very much for attending. Much appreciated. Uh, Till next time. See you all then. Bye all.